Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So we were talking about it earlier this week that my Saturday, my sports Saturday, was ruined by the rain. Wanted to watch the Nats, <laughs> delayed. Wanted to watch UVA JMU, delayed. Virginia Tech, six-hour delay. Uh, so it was just, it was so annoying. Joining us right now in the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hot Seat, the voice of Who's Talking. You can hear him Mondays alongside Jim Hobgood. It's Frank Maloney. Frank. Good. Good to be here, Adam. How are you? So you dealt with that rain delay. Oh, yeah. Um, there were seven ACC teams that were involved in rain-delayed games. NC State? Yes, and yeah. they lost. Yeah. Virginia lost. <laughs> VPI lost. <laughs> the, the theme of the story is the home team is at a disadvantage, maybe. I, I never looked at it that way, mm-hmm. but it's hard to go against all those teams, you know, caving and uh, – there must be something about, well, the game's not over till it's over. So the opposing coach can tell his squad, hey, they think it's over. Their fans have left. Here we go. Part two. Yeah, and that's exactly what took place there in the fourth quarter of JMU at UVA. What was your perspective? You know, um, I was very impressed uh, with Tony Calandria, number 10, Um He's he's going to be the quarterback eventually for Virginia. Well, that's why I said on Monday, I like Tony Musket, went to West Springfield. You know, mm-hmm. you were there when I met him. Yes. He's a guy from Fairfax County. Good I love guy. that about him. Good guy. He should not be the starting quarterback again for the rest of but, the season. But he's starting against Maryland. You that's heard a it. mistake. You heard it here first. No, I, I also saw it on social media. I think that's a mistake from Tony Elliott. The, the future of the program... Mm-hmm. It's in good hands with Anthony Calandria. Why don't you see what he's got? I think his time is coming, and I think what the coaching staff decided, I'm going to give Des Kitchings uh, a little bit of a hall pass on this one. He's the offensive coordinator. He's going to say, I'm going to let the the veteran come back onto the, the field and lead this team. Um, they're going to need someone with experience against Maryland. Maryland is a whole lot better yeah. than JMU. Now, with that said, the silver lining, no question about it, is this kid, Calandra, broke a whole bunch of freshman records on Saturday. He showed a lot of moxie. He only made one bad decision uh, during the game, and he made three or four spectacular plays. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to flat out say it here now. This kid could be, you know, the next coming. That You know, Virginia's put out a lot of quarterbacks that have gone to the NFL Calandria showed us something. Is he the next Schaub? <laughs> well, uh, Matt Schaub was a true pocket passer with yeah. rollout ability. Yeah, is going to have to be more uh, of a sprint-out quarterback because well, he's not very tall. And that's what most of the quarterbacks are that make it to yep. the NFL. Uh, it's going to be an interesting quarterback battle. Um, we'll hmm. see. Do you think Calandria gets in the game at any point? You know what? Uh, I would not be surprised, particularly if the game – Gets out of hand. Yeah. And Maryland's got a veteran there at quarterback. Tua's younger brother, Talia Tagalovoa. How do now you a senior. It? Say it again. I mean, do you want me to just embarrass myself? No, just do it. Tagalovoa. Yes. Did I get that right? I think that's not bad. It's not bad. His it's first like name Ant- is... How do you How do you pronounce his first name? I think it's Talia. It, it could be. I think, that, <laughs> I think that's a good... You took a good whack at well, it. I, I looked at Tua's it... Tua's easy. I mean, I, how do you box that I, one? I, I was looking at this week and I said, who are we playing this coming week? And I was like, 
Well, if you can pronounce that guy's name, good for you. Well, he, look, he had a, a solid few seasons at Maryland this offseason. He got million-dollar offers to go elsewhere. He got and a $1.5 million offer to go to an SEC school that he would not reveal. But the truth is, the coach at Maryland and his staff did not know if he was coming back until he ran out of the tunnel for <laughs> summer football. It's true. Well, Mike Loxley has a ton of experience in the SEC, and he's turned that program around, and that's why this is a very difficult matchup for UVA on the road. Oh, it's listen, let's let's face it. Uh, this is a, a, a tough road for Tony Elliott. Um, I, 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 I feel for him because he's not really getting a chance to play some games where his team can get settled in. There's There's been so much drama going on. I mean, you know, first off, you're – You've got to conduct these ongoing memorials for the three players who were shot and killed. You've got to deal with the loss of so many players in the portal. You've got so much transition. Uh, and, you know, to go out to Tennessee was just insane. What? Who agreed to that? <laughs> right? I mean, come I know. on. We talked about it before. It was just a terrible way to start your season. Just cancel that game. Postpone it. They, they should have negotiated some kind of deal with Tennessee uh, because I was reading that, that that matchup was set way before Tony Elliott had had the job. That oh, was yes. a Bronco it thing. It was a right? Bronco thing. Yeah. And if Bronco had stayed at Virginia, it would have been fitting. It would have been appropriate, right? Because yeah. he would have been in a very mature position with his team. He wouldn't have lost 20 players uh, no matter what. He yeah. just wouldn't have. So let's get to the ACC schedule for this weekend. Not a lot of great games in the ACC, I did want to point out uh, Pittsburgh at West Virginia should be a good one. You know what? That is a brawl. Yeah. I mean, those teams, those players, they do not like each other. If you've never seen that game, that's worth watching and keeping an eye on. But you know what's happening in two weeks there, Adam Epstein of AWOD <laughs> Radio? <laughs> what's up? You got Florida State playing Clemson. Yep. And that's where the rubber meets the road, no question about it. Now, I will say this. If you're not keeping an eye on Duke this year, you're missing the boat. Duke has a good team and a quarterback. He is terrific. This kid, Riley Leonard, yep. he can play ball. And everybody talks about Drake May. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. Give me a break. This kid, Leonard, is is maybe 25% better. Well, it, what didn't shock me was Duke mm. beating Clemson because you were with me at ACC kickoff. Yep. I was not impressed with Cade Klupnik and yep. the way he spoke to the media. Riley Leonard, though, I, I was. He, he won you over. Yes. You know what? He's he's like that. He all won the... me over, and then he ran Clemson over. And he, <laughs> he, he Listen, he carries himself a certain way, mm-hmm. and his teammates believe it. The coaches believe it, and their fans are believing it. It, it takes a while for Duke fans to realize, hey, we have a football team, and uh, they spent a lot of money on their football stadium, and maybe things are waking up in Durham, and Duke uh, may have found something. But the team leading the ACC right now is the third-ranked team in the country. That's Florida State. The Seminoles uh, face off against Boston College this weekend. Uh, is that going to be an easy dub for them? Yeah, they're going to beat them by 30. Yeah. Uh, I I feel bad for the coach at uh at BC. Uh, I I've met him once and his name escapes me right now, but it's almost like he got a bad draw as well. He and Elliot, uh, in years where they needed some breaks, they did not get a break. Jeff Halfley. Yes, he's coach a nice, of Boston College. He's a nice guy. 
So Boston College, Florida State this weekend, and then, like you said, FSU at Clemson. Are there any other ACC games or college football programs that you wanted to talk about that are going on this weekend? You know, um, I, I think it's fascinating to watch how Alabama responds yeah. after getting throttled in Tuscaloosa. I, I I don't see how you cannot get excited about whoever they play in the weeks ahead. Well, they play South Florida, so that should be a bounce-back game for them for sure. Uh, speaking of the SEC, LSU at 1-1, one one, 14th-ranked team, travels to face off against Mississippi State. Mm. That should be a good game That's a there. dangerous game. Yeah, it is. Uh, South Carolina traveling to Georgia. Let me tell you something. South Carolina, uh, they lost just enough talent to fall back to the middle of the pack. And they could get embarrassed this weekend. That This is a bad draw for them. Yeah. To have to play Georgia between the hedges right now, ugh. How do you feel about Tennessee at Florida? Uh, Tennessee's going to beat them like a drum. Georgia Tech at Ole Miss? You know, that is an interesting game. The Georgia Tech team has bounced back with this coach. Uh, they lost a heartbreaker a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I think they will be in that game, but Ole Miss is a little bit better. Frank, when is Who's Talking back on the air? Every Monday night, baby, 6 o'clock. And we have we have great guests every week. Uh, this past week we had Terry Kirby and Dave Glenn. We talked a lot about uh, the expansion of the ACC, which I think anybody that tuned in, they learned three or four things during that segment they never knew. Um, Terry Kirby was very, very poignant and honest and, and giving with his information. And uh, – I hope to have him back on. His son is a backup tight end at Virginia. Ah. And uh, Terry's one of these guys. He, he reminded me, and I had forgotten, uh, he was the number one recruit in the nation mm. back in the day. If he had come along today, what was that, $1 or $2 million a year if he had signed with somebody with NIL? And I uh, have to say, Virginia needs to get on the wagon and maybe pivot a little bit with the NIL approach because if they keep this up, it's going to take a long time for Tony Elliott and the program to recover. Frank, always appreciate you joining the show. Who's talking Mondays on 910 The Fan alongside Jim Hobgood. Uh, lastly, before I let you go, keep it short here, though. Yep. Commanders, would you like what you saw? And can they go 2-0 and against Denver? I, I, absolutely. They can beat Denver. They can beat the Broncos. Um, Howell has got to be a little bit more careful with the ball. Yeah. I, I just think... I sense that he's a little too gunslingy right now. He is. He wants to hit the home run. Right. And that's why he needs to be Ichiro. Just that, get on base. And that's <laughs> what got Josh Allen in trouble and cost them a sure win. Yeah. How, how do you lose the game when Aaron Rodgers is in the tunnel and in the It's lock- embarrassing. I mean, that that is in- incredible. It's mind-numbing that, that, first off, that Aaron Rodgers got hurt so fast. It shows you how poor the offensive line is yeah. for the Jets. And that's a red flag. I will tell you, Green Bay Packers are back. Oh. They're back. Jordan Love is the real <laughs> deal. I saw the entire game. The Packer back. Let me tell you, they are going to be plenty good. They've got a decent defense, bordering on good defense. And if their offensive line keeps giving Love time, he makes good decisions. Frank, thanks for stopping by. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, we drive down Richmond Highway with the czar, Gary Hess, next on The Fan. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, your home for high school football. Woohoo! As soon as the Squirrels game season ends, all high school football games will air on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM with Coach 
Criswell and Gary Hess. And joining me right now, as he does every Wednesday at 2.15, it's the czar, Gary Hess. What's happening, my man? How are you? You know, it's funny. We've got uh, we've got week zero, one, and two. So some teams have played two games. Some have played three. And we're starting to figure some things out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you also had Monday night football here in Richmond. Right, yeah, the th- Thursday night. There were four games, and none of them got played because there was lightning everywhere. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, when they call games because it rains, I, I kind of I kind of give them a hard time. But when there's lightning flying everywhere, get everybody out. That's to, that's a completely different thing. So, yeah, uh, one of those four games got made up on Saturday, two on Monday, and one is still in the ether. So we got a lot to get to. Let's get in the car and drive. How are the roads looking? Time for a drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess, sports director and the voice of high school football in Richmond, Virginia. I understand there's traffic. You need to plan for that. Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. All right, Gary, any changes in this week's CBS 6 910 The Fan coaches poll? You know what's interesting is that Highland Springs lost to Maury down in the 757, the team that Highland Springs beat for the state title a year ago. Uh, first loss since the 21 playoffs. Uh, the Springers uh, kind of got behind, dug a hole, and couldn't get all the way out, fell 23-14. But Highland Springs, falling to an out-of-town power, remains number one in the poll. It's closer, 13 first-place votes to eight for Dinwiddie. But uh, Highland Springs won, Dinwiddie two. Thomas Dale still undefeated, 2-0 coming off a of bye week is third. Manchester is at fourth. Uh, Verina rounds out the top five with Trinity sitting in the six hole. Would Highland Springs still be number one if they hadn't gone to Florida and defeated Miramar? I think probably so because okay. they, it's about the fact your loss was to an out-of-town power. Dinwiddie's loss was to an out-of-town power. Trinity Episcopal's loss was to an out-of-town power. So, you know, now here's the interesting thing. So, Maury beat Highland Springs last week. Well, Maury this week is coming to Dinwiddie. Oh, wow. So, if Dinwiddie beats Maury... Then, then there will be a change in the then, top ten. <laughs> then I think there's going to be a change at the number one spot. So, and and listen, uh, out of 22 votes that were cast last week... Highland Springs had 13 first place votes. Dinwiddie had eight. So the margin closed with the loss to Maury. So Dinwiddie's knocking on the door and has a chance, but they got their hands full with the Commodores uh, on Friday night. The rest of the top 10, by the way, Trinity is sixth. And then Douglas Freeman, Benedictine, holds at number eight. Hopewell jumps from number 10 to number nine after an impressive win over Lake Taylor from the 757. LC Bird in at number 10. So the same 10 teams, uh, a flip flop between uh, nine and 10. Uh, this week. So that's what you got. We're driving down Richmond Highway with the czar, Gary Hess, the sports director at WRNL and the voice of high school football in Richmond for 30 years. And there was a record setting performance with Huguenot scoring 75 points. Give me the details. So Huguenot, first of all, this was their first game. Huguenot, uh, the game was uh, postponed or canceled with TJ because of the threat. And then last week, they were on a bye week. And then they were supposed to play Thursday night against Clover Hill, and it got pushed to Monday. So Monday, the Falcons finally step on the field and destroy Clover Hill 75-6. Most points in school history by by a Huguenot team. And they've had some, I mean, and that broke the record of like 72. (laughs) So... And then Jason Wright, Manchester quarterback, Manchester transfer quarterback, 
Okay, I'm going to read these numbers. I want to read the whole stat line because this is amazing. 11 of 14, 266 yards. Attempted 14 passes, completed 11, seven of them for touchdowns. Seven touchdown passes, most by a quarterback in the Richmond area ever. Uh, a bunch of people had thrown six, like 17, 18 times, uh, including uh, Tegan Logan, the quarterback at Trinity Episcopal this past week. Uh, but seven touchdown passes. But for good measure, how about two more touchdowns on the ground, six carries for 60 yards and two more touchdowns? So Jason Wright accounted for nine touchdowns in the Huguenot win over Clover Hill. Pretty good start to the Charles Scott era. Yes, Charles Scott uh, coming over from Life Christian, uh, takes over the Huguenot program uh, and trying to uh, reclaim the glory days under Coach Richard McPhee. Coach Mack, one of my all-time favorites, and, uh, you know, he led them to – they got to a state semifinal, a very legendary state semifinal in 1991, Huguenot did, where they played uh, Bethel, who uh, was led by some guy you may have heard of before, Allen Iverson. (laughs) (laughs) So Bethel won that game uh, coming from behind in the second half. So, yeah, Huguenots off to a great start for Charles Scott. They're 1-0, and we'll see uh, how they progress from here once they get into the heart of the Dominion District schedule uh, and they kind of start, you know, playing uh, the other teams like Manchester and Bird and, and and some of those teams, we'll see how they do. I don't think we know yet just how good Huguenot is, but I think it's going to be an interesting season uh, as Huguenot tries to move to uh, past glory. Gary Hess here with AWOD on the fan. You were telling me before the segment, three surprising teams that are 3-0. and Glenn Allen, 3-0 and for the first time in school history. Uh, beat Patrick Henry in our game of the week last week, 14-6. to They've done it with defense. Uh, and they, their defense is stellar uh, and, you know, really got the job done. Also 3-0 and Mills Godwin for um, first-year coach Earl Kinney. Uh, they have kind of, you know, they haven't played the toughest schedule and they've been in some close games, but you know what? You can't, can't win them all if you don't win the first three. Uh, you play who's on your schedule, and they took care of Atley Saturday after a postponement Thursday uh, 21 to 10. And then Armstrong, City School, 3 and 0 after a 54 nothing win over John Marshall. So, wanted to give a shout out to those schools for all getting off to 3 and 0 starts. All right. What is the best game of the weekend? Well, there, you know, I think we can't travel to Dinwiddie this week. Maury Dinwiddie Bears watching. Uh, and then and that's a Friday night game. That's a Friday night game. And then Manchester at Midlothian. We did this game last year and it went to double overtime. Wow. And was decided on a two point conversion attempt. And so it'll be that was at Manchester. It's at Midlow this year. Midlow, we don't know how good the Trojans are yet. They're off to a two and zero start. Manchester has the one loss to Highland Springs, but looked really good doing it. Has won two impressive games since then. So it's it's going to be a fascinating matchup. And Midlow features one of the top. Uh, Adam, you'll get a kick out of this. Midlow features one of the top student sections in the area. Oh, really? So the atmosphere at Midlothian is always a lot of fun. So, That's great, man. Yeah, so uh, we're looking forward to that. We'll be there. And we're going to be on WRVA this week, 96.1 FM only. So you know how 910 is 910 The Fan, 910 AM, 105.1 FM. WRVA does the same thing. 1140 AM, 96.1 FM. UVA will be on the 1140 AM. We'll be on the 96.1 FM. So also available on the Odyssey app. Not on the Odyssey oh, app. Not on the Odyssey app. Because that's will, how I listened to you guys last we Friday. We will not be able to be on the Odyssey app because the WRVA Odyssey app will be on the UVA game. Okay. 
So, so that UVA is, on the app, yep. get in your car, turn on the radio, turn 96. on 96.1 FM. Yeah, catch us out or, you know, pull out a, you know, whatever, you know, one of those old school radios. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Which, but we'll be there if you can find us. That's all I can tell you. So we're driving down Richmond Highway with the czar, Gary Hess, talking high school football. And I always like to ask you, who would you like to spotlight this week? Uh, you know, it's interesting because I was going to spotlight Jason Wright, but you took, you, you took, uh, I want to tell you who I'm going to spotlight. I'm going to spotlight Zadarian Mason, who is the uh, quarterback at Colonial Heights. Colonial Heights had a great year last year uh, after decades of struggling, and they're off to a 2 0 start. They beat Nottaway 40 to nothing last week. 7 of 14, 109 yards passing, two touchdowns, 10 carries, 56 yards, two more touchdowns. Now, I know Jason Wright scored nine, but two touchdowns in the air and two on the ground, that's still a pretty darn good game. And he is kind of carrying the load. Also give a shout-out to Meadowbrook. Uh, the Meadowbrook at my alma mater, so it's my, you know, this is my segment, right? So I can, you know, I, yes, can, tell can. My, I can tell my alma mater. <laughs> but listen to this. Listen to this. 2018 through 2022, that's five seasons. They won one game. Okay, I, you weren't telling people that's your alma mater back then. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it just remind, I was talking about the state title we won in two thousand four. Um, uh, twenty eighteen through twenty twenty two won one game. Billy Rudd, for, who was on that state title team, has come back there as the head coach, and they're the Monarchs. So he he immediately said his goal is to restore the roar and has created some pride in that program. They uh, won their opener, lost to TJ, and then beat. J.R. Tucker this past week, 19-14. So Meadowbrook is 2-1 and one on the season. So shout out to my alma mater, the Monarchs. So there you go. Gary, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. Before I let you go, we both survived week one of the Odyssey Survivor Pool Woo-hoo! by picking the Ravens. Any thoughts about who you're going with this weekend? You know, I haven't gotten that far yet because okay. I don't have to know yet. <laughs> it's only Wednesday. Well, there's a game tomorrow. It's a good one. Vikings-Eagles. Yeah, that will not be my survivor pick this week. (laughs) (laughs) Both teams, you know, it's funny. That game's interesting because both teams did not perform at the level that was expected. Right. Eagles got away with it. Minnesota did not. I know. I was so pissed because that was my upset pick of the week was the Patriots. And they had it. They had the game and they blew it on that final drive. Tom Brady was in the house. Everything was lined I up. I know. Yeah. Well, they started down 16 nothing. That was the problem. Yeah. Then they brought Brady around at halftime and they caught up within, you know, 5 minutes. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it, it you know, I think Belichick, I think they're onto something there. They just kind of got to get it figured out. I think the Patriots are going to be a tough out this yeah. year. Yeah. The defense was flying around the field. Offense not so great. Gary, right. good stuff, man. Always be well, my man. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So we have officially turned the page from week one to week two of the NFL season. And there's a game tomorrow night. It's a decent game. Vikings against the Eagles. Vikings desperate for a win, and the Eagles did not look great week one as we turn the page from week one to week two of the NFL season. We're joined right now. Yeah, there we go with the page turn on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline by Benjamin Brown, NFL data scientist and content contributor. What's going on, Ben? 
What's up, Epstein? Yeah, like you said, a uh, pretty interesting uh, week one. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching my Vikings here on Thursday Night Football. Quick turnaround for us. Uh, desperate fans, I would say, for sure. Yeah, let's start right there. And we had a conversation this offseason, and I don't want to say Benjamin Brown was wrong, but you told me the Vikings were ready to move on from Dalvin Cook Well, Madison only ran for 36 yards. Yeah, it was uh, – honestly, like, overall, like, the, the, the Buccaneers definitely dominated in the trenches in that particular matchup, I think, even from, like, the, the, the other side of the football with what we needed to provide from a pressure perspective wasn't there whatsoever to kind of get to Baker Mayfield. So I think, you know, both offensively and defensively, they definitely struggled, I would say, kind of winning in the box. And, and some of it was, I would say, some injuries related to the offensive line. But, you know, overall, uh, this, is a, this is a Minnesota Vikings team that's extremely top-heavy and doesn't have, I would say, a ton of talent kind of in the trenches where they need to actually win. So I had this game on, you know, red zone, you know, kind of peeking in at it periodically. But you look at the stats here. Kirk throws for 344 yards, two touchdowns, decent QB rating. Justin Jefferson's all over the field, 150 yards. Jordan Addison, good start to his career, uh, four catches, 61 yards. How did the Vikings only put up 17 points? Yeah, it was a multitude of turnovers. Obviously, the one down in basically moved it into the red zone. Uh, kind of bounced off the receiver's hand, picked off. Like, you have some of those drives. I think Kirk had, like, 245 or 250 yards in the first half, and it was very much kind of felt like a dominating performance from where they were at offensively. And, the, and kind of going back to it, like, the reason they maybe didn't rush the ball so much with Alexander Madison is because they didn't really, uh, I would say, need to in a lot of ways with their yards per attempt being really good uh, against the against Buccaneers secondary that we expected to be probably better than what they actually were. But key crucial turnovers obviously played a role in it. Um, you, you know, Kirk Cousins as well just in some ways kind of really cooled off in the second half, and it, it did seem like, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's one that they very much let slip out of their hands, I would say. Ben Brown with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. So earlier today on NFL Hits, as we turned the page from week one to week two, I went through all the games and gave out one-star games, two-star games, three-star I'll absolutely be watching, and possibility to be certified game of the week. Zero stars, I won't even watch the game. My three-star game was my only three-star game, so it means it's probably going to be a wad certified game of the week, guaranteeing that all viewers will enjoy this game, and that's Chiefs at the Jags. What do you think? Am I right? Is this going to be the game of the weekend? Oh, I, I, I don't think there's any question that that is going to be the game of the weekend. There's obviously a lot more, I would say, some intriguing spots, but that very much kind of sets up, obviously, the rematch where they were at in the divisional round last year. You know, the Jags, I would say, very much being kind of in that game and capable of potentially knocking the Chiefs out of the playoffs last season and kind of gave them, I would say, the best game throughout the entire playoff scenario. Like, this is kind of setting up really well on you to have the fact that, you know, Kelvin Ridley kind of exploded uh, in their prior matchup. The Jags in some ways played a, 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 a game kind of down to their competition in the Colts last week. Like the injury news, I would say with Travis Kelsey as well, like this very much sets up to be the game of the week. So it is, I, I don't know whether you enjoy the red zone viewing or you'd like kind of your primetime spotlight games to be the best games. But I think this is going to kind of create a really chaotic you know, noon or one slight slate of uh, games coming up here because there is a few different quality options, I would say, as well uh, in that viewing window. We also have the Seahawks at the Lions. I gave that a two-star game. I mean, look, I feel like it's a solid game here. I'm going to pick the Lions, but the Seahawks are going to be desperate to not go 0-2. 
Yeah, and we really need, I would say, to kind of see them respond. I personally, you know, if you were going to say Ben Brown was wrong, I know I said some things about the Vikings in prior conversations, but the Seahawks are really a team that I very much bought into this offseason. And then I think, you know, the week one, kind of completely getting, you know, overran by a Matthew Stafford-led offense that really didn't have a ton of outside pieces other than him. Like, it is concerning with where they're going to be at defensively. And then we did see, you know, Detroit – kind of squeeze one out against Kansas City last week, but, um, you know, they're supposed to kind of be this high-octane offense. You would think if the Seahawks were as bad as they kind of showed last week, uh, you know, this is a spot where the Detroit Lions could easily run all over them and we could get, you know, a a really high-scoring shootout-type environment, which is kind of what we catered to, you know, in in that red zone 1 o'clock time frame, I would say. Ben, who would you say had the best week one? I mean, I, I did think, you know, Stafford and the Rams, at least as far as they completely change yeah. expectations. Well, you got to give them a ton um, of credit. Yeah. You got to give them a ton of credit. I also, you know, and maybe not to go in the, the, the most popular direction, but I thought, you know, the Patriots actually played really well in the rain soak game. It will be interesting to see how good the Philadelphia Eagles defense is, but I think there were at least some flashes with Kendrick Bourne that Mac Jones could be, you know, some sort of piece to what they want to do offensively. And if they still have the defense kind of in place, like, they might be that team that is, you know, the, the second uh, second best team in the AFC East and kind of squeezing out maybe a potential playoff run uh, when it's all said and done. All right, before we let you go, we've been doing an Odyssey Richmond NFL Survivor Pool, and a ton of the uh, my coworkers here got knocked out week one. A lot of people picked the Bills. A few people picked the Vikings. Uh, my producer went Seahawks, and now he hates me because of it. So who would you say is a lock to win this weekend? Oofta. This is, uh, I do think it's Dallas. Obviously, the Jets defense is really going to need to kind of keep them in this game. But I think, you know, when we're talking about impressive performances, you know, outside of the Dak Prescott turnover concerns last year, the, like the Cowboys do look like a very much complete team. And if they've kind of figured out, I would say, some of the flukiness of those turnovers kind of resulting in short fields for the other team, like they're going to be a really tough team to beat with, the, you know, maybe the best front four in football in a lot of ways uh, can get you from multiple areas. Uh, from a pressure perspective. So I think they're going to make Zach Wilson's you know, life an absolute nightmare. I know they're nine and a half point favorites, but I very much expect them to, I would say, kind of have another dominating performance similar to what they did on Sunday Night Football against the New York Giants. Ben, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. Follow Benjamin Brown on social media. Ben underscore R underscore Brown. Thanks so much, man. Talk to you again soon. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So we've been talking about this Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool that we're putting together here. I got uh, Zach Attack with me here. Christopher, the producer, is in studio. And Christopher, I I want to issue a public apology to you. I know you're not the biggest football fan, and you were counting on me last week on Friday when I had the whole segment where I broke down every game and I gave my locks to the weekend. And I told you, Seattle at home is difficult to beat. And I said, I like your pick, pick of the Seahawks. And it totally backfired. Yeah, you were certain. I picked that one because you said they're a lock and then moved on to another game. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't spend any time talking about them. And I said, ah, oh, he's confident. So I apologize, but I would also... Like for you to give me another five dollars and get back in for week two. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think, man? It's another five bucks for the pool. Everybody gets another five dollars richer. You know what? I'll I'll stew on it. I don't have that okay. much. I don't have that many fives to be thrown around. 
You can stew on it. I got, I got five on it. You picked the commander. I got five on it for Oh, you got five on yeah. it? Yeah. Hey, let's go. You're back in. <laughs> okay, You're thank back you. in. So you picked the commanders along with nine <clears throat> other people in the survivor pool. Look, week one, it's got to be for real. And absolutely, the Cardinals were just dog, you know what. Yeah. So I'm glad they didn't mess it up. I mean, there was a point in the third quarter where I... I was having like heart palpitations. I know. I was texting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, ra- it was starting to rain. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, is Howell for real? Right. We were losing in the fourth quarter when my one of my keys to victory was for Sam Howell to not have a second half deficit at all. This is why I think that the fans being there, Harris, all the good mojo. Yeah. Um, it made a difference. Treating players better. You know, their facility was bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Those things, they matter. Football's an emotional game. If it was the way things were last year, that game, they lose that game. Yeah. Right? Yo, they lose that game probably the last 10 years. But something is instilled in this team now that, oh, things are on the up and up. Like, we've got it. We can't lose this. I know you want to give credit to Ron Rivera. I'm giving it to Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> I give right. to Harris. And oh, That's fine. He gets that's the fine. game ball every he week. He get the game ball No every matter week. what. Even if they lose. <laughs> Washington ran 18 times and threw twice in the fourth quarter. That's the enemy realizing my rookie quarterback might not be ready for to make a fourth quarter comeback, yeah. but Brian Robinson Jr. is, and he was awesome. He doesn't have the fumbles, does he? No, no, that's Gibson. Yeah. That's Gibby. Little hands. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, he's got the, the little hands. He's got the little fingers, oh. the little stubs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, our big boss, Carrie Todd, eliminated. She chose the Buffalo she Bulls, should go back in. as she liked to call them this morning. <laughs> yeah, but you can't pick the the real good teams on paper going in. You well, know? here's the thing is, I, I picked you the Ravens week on the one. Jets. I think the Ravens are a team. I just think you have to look at it like week by week by week. You can't say, you know, I, I was talking to Olivia downstairs, and she was upset because she was also eliminated. Pick the Vikings. She's on the buyback, right? Right. She's buying back. Carrie's going to buy back. Everyone's get all, got a mulligan for five bucks after week one. I got Christopher. But the thing is, you can't look at it like, oh, I'm saving the Chiefs, you know? The Chiefs lost week one. A lot of people wanted to take the Chiefs, you know? Um, so you'd have to look at it week by week and just look at the matchups for each week. And that's why I asked Benjamin Brown, our last guest, who his lock for this week is. He chose the Dallas Cowboys against the New York Jets. And yeah, I think, that's I think a he's, lock, but... I think he's right, and that's what you have to do. And when you're in a survivor pool, you just have to take it week by week, and there's just no way that the Jets, who escaped Monday Night Football, totally escaped against the Bills, are going to defeat a Dallas team that just whooped on New York 40 to nothing. Yeah. Dax out to destroy everyone yeah. every week. That is a lock. I might, I might be taking that this week. But I think I'd take Dallas for when they play the Niners. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. That's a pick game right there. Yeah. But you want to save your big squads for when they face off against each other. That's the way I thought Survivor No, was. I think you want to save your big squad for a game where they're picked to win by double digits. You know, That's why I liked the Ravens as a lock week one. They were picked to win by nine and a half. So you look at the line, Christopher. You yeah. see how that works? I, I, a little bit. <laughs> the, bigger, the bigger the number uh, they're giving the other team, yes. that's the team you want to All play. right, we did want to give a shout-out to those who correctly picked uh, a Survivor team in week one. Lacey, give her a ding. Um, Amy, sorry, eliminated. And, and, and we love Amy. Who did she go with? Pittsburgh? She went with the Giants. Ugh. That was, you know what? Well, who did Lacey love go Amy? with? Love Amy. That was a bad pick. I mean, <laughs> Dallas, week one. Oh, yeah. That was a bad pick. That was um, a bad beat. Rob Hoffman, the current NFL playoff pool champion at Odyssey. Winner, went with the Commanders. Tiffany, eliminated. Mm. And you know what? I was talking to her this morning. She was so upset with herself. 
She picked the oh, no. Chargers, and she was like, I don't even like the Chargers. Well, she's got that West Coast in her. Yeah. Yeah. Is she's that from what San is? Jose. She, well, what? she's not. She should have gone with the Niners then. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Michael Phillips, Vikings eliminated. Ooh. He wants back in. Okay. He was rocking with Kirk. I get that. Rebecca Wild in. Commanders. Olivia out. Vikings. We talked about that. Gary Hess. Great minds think alike. He went Ravens. Bennett. Big boss. BZ. Went with the home team. Commanders. Now, he's not going to be able to pick them again. You better give him a ding. Yeah. <laughs> That's a double boss. ding. That's, That's a big, big dog right here. <laughs> uh, Jeff Wecker. Commanders in. Yeah. Clifford. Commanders in. Cat. Commanders in. Josh Carter, Ravens in. Christopher, oh. you're you're back, baby. You can't pick the Seahawks again, but you're back for week two. And um, so uh, that's why this is fun because people well, you that, make it fun. People I mean, can are. buy you're back noise in. in the in the building, and uh, I know everybody appreciates it. The camaraderie, it just it builds culture. You know, it's a good thing. And you are fun with it in the emails, keeping score with everybody. Right, it's bold awesome. decision. See if it pays off. <laughs> <laughs> you have too much time. You could have created something for the website. In the amount of time you oh, took I, to do I know that. I could. I <laughs> believe me. I was I was on Canva for about an hour and a half. <laughs> I mean, I just I was bored, you know. Here's why, and I talked about this earlier. All my freaking sports on Saturday were delayed. That's I had, right. I had no choice. What a story, Brian. Yeah. Traffic traffic, Brian. I know. All right, we're going to overtime. It's Grant and Danny coming up next here from Washington, DC.